So we've been working on a logo for our podcast. Yeah, we have been. And of course, by the time this airs, this episode, will there will already be a logo and it'll be there and the listener will know none the wiser of what, what was involved in putting a logo together for our podcast. But I thought it might be interesting for us to, to talk a little bit about... The process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've had somebody kind of look at uh, some design ideas and recently somebody had sent us some pictures. No, a, a picture. You had sent them some pictures of us and, uh, and they came back with some ideas. Before you can launch a podcast, in, in, on top of having material, you, as a, as a, you cannot have a podcast without a logo or cover. Because when you search podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Overcast or some of the podcasts, name your favorite podcast player. Everyone's got. You their need own. a logo. You yeah. do. You need a cover. You need cover art. So we we needed that because you cannot move forward without right. it. So and also, oh, and of course, you need a name. For right. Your podcast, yes. Which, of course, it's very important. You need a name. Which sound trivial, but I think everybody goes through this when they start their own businesses. You know, we need a name, we need we need a, we need a logo. So this is not unlike starting your own business. I had originally had a friend who mocked up a quick design example that uh, you have seen, and and um, what what we did get from my friend was a pretty good idea. I think the color schemes looked good, and I think in general we both thought, hey, it was nice to see our title or our na- our names in lights, if right. you will. And sort of brought it to reality a bit. I think it made me feel a lot more comfortable about the title we had chosen, which is We Talked. Which is a common, and the reason why we called it that is because often you and I will reference that. And we, we, I can't tell you how many times I've said, you and I have talked about this, but you've said it too. Like, it's just one of those things that we do it in private when we have conversations and it just came out in our podcast. So we, it's what makes it the perfect title i think because you're right and i have and i'm be, being that i'm the one who edits our lovely podcast <laughs> i more than anyone get to hear that phrase many 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 yeah. times so it just seemed natural to me for for me to use to say let's use that as the podcast name not to mention when i did a quick search of podcasts in apple Podcasts. There wasn't one called We Talked About This, so it also worked out as well that we weren't going to be stealing somebody else's idea, which uh, which was very, very convenient. Right. So back to the logo or the cover, I guess cover art, uh, I had heard about a service called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, which is kind of an open community of many different types of people that do either whether it's graphic design work or audio work but things in the creative field you have people in there it's a large community i'll call it the sharing community that's is that what we call i have it? no idea i would like to also state that you are way more creative than i am you're creative more in your thinking and i think you're definitely more of a creative mind toward the artsy mm. side for sure i mean just look at the things that you do right or the things you have done in the past I, i'm not i'm not a super okay. artsy sure. type, so you're probably a better fit for this kind of i you know being the sort of the the captain of that uh, ship yes and i enjoy doing it and and it's it's been actually a really interesting journey so so fiverr is literally a community where you you can just throw something out there i.e i need cover art for a podcast and you have people charging anywhere from 
I think the minimum I saw was $15 up to $100 or more to do design work or work for you in the creative right. space. Well, let's face it. People have to make a living, so... Yeah, and in it's in Fiverr we could spend time just talking about Fiverr for half the episode, but I won't do that. But what I decided to do was say, you know what, we had this this design that came from our our friend who put this this logo together for us, and I thought, hey, for fifteen dollars, why don't I throw out to the Fiverr community a a chance to say, you know, give a few sentences about this is basically what you do is you put in an overview of what it is you're looking for. So in this case, it was, I need a podcast cover. A friend of mine and I, we, we, we are both Canadian. We do, we do, um, a podcast together. It's an interview. It's, it's, sorry, it's a, um, kind of a a buddy podcast. I gave him some of the, you know, general idea of the topics we cover just to give him a flavor of what we were looking for. I added that I would like to see some Canadian element in the design work and I, that was about as much direction as I gave. I didn't give too much. I wanted to just see what, what would come back. So I, I did get back some examples of some things that I didn't really like. One was just, just too Canadian. Like the logo was, it looked literally like the Canadian flag. And it was just, to me, too, too, too much red and white. Yeah, and, and I would like to say that even at the point where we're, we're at now and we have progressed far, I'm not entirely satisfied with where we are. But we're getting closer. We are. So so I gave this guy, I thought he did a decent job with coming up with some ideas and for $15, hey, what the heck. So then I decided to throw it out to somebody else and I thought, let's try maybe incorporating our our pictures. I, I was thinking I wanted an avatar or a caricature of our two faces in our in our logo because you if you do browse through podcast logos, they'll they'll have some with photos, they'll have some with caricatures. It's all sorts of different things. And so my thought was, let's see what somebody creative can come back with as far as caricature of us is concerned. So again, kind of gave an overview of what we wanted. I attached, I think, two pictures of each of us so he would have an example, or she for all I know, but I think it was a he, would have an example <laughs> of, okay. yeah. you know, what what what, we were, what they were looking at. So found what I thought were decent pictures that captured what we looked at looked like. And I received the, it took, oh, and by the way, these things come quick. Like it's, it's, I think as little as 12 hours, if you're willing to pay a few extra bucks, but the, the average turnaround time to get the, the feedback or the conceptual art work back is like 24 hours. That's very quick turnaround. It's very cool. And so this guy was a 48 hour turnaround guy. So once he, got back to me he he came up with the with what you might be looking at right now which is the example of us and our two faces in the cover yep. art yeah um i thought it was a decent uh I, I like the photo idea i do like it um but you had said something about you know uh that you were maybe looking at having an avatar and they were like yeah sorry pal that's the 40 dollar package <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Yeah, I said, uh, I said, I, my idea wasn't really for you to to put our photos into the logo. I wanted it to be more like an avatar. Yeah. And, and he wrote back, "Sorry, caricatures is the fifty dollars." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice little. Uh, so yeah. I said, "That's fine. Take the pictures out. Come back with something a little bit more 
just take the pictures out. But you like the pictures. I do. And I I've do like the some, pictures. I've run it. I've run it by a few people who've given me the same feedback that they they like the pictures because it sort of puts some faces or characters. It like, does. Yeah. Everybody likes to see a name with a face, right? So yeah, I, I do like. Uh, I do like the the photos. I, I'm not satisfied with the background stuff, um, but. You know, hey, we'll figure it out. It's a work in progress. We didn't mention, by the way, I'm in Boston this this week while we record. Right, and uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm not traveling uh, for a living, which is great. So, it, and we're in the same time zone, which makes it. And awesome. that does make it awesome. By the way, when when are you moving back here? Because uh, I think uh, I need you to do that. Hurry up. I know. I mean, I'm not moving back. I mean, I'm under contract to stay in Tokyo till June 2021. So it's still two years away, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. All right. What's the next thing we're talking about here? Well, I want to talk about a couple of weird and wacky news items that I stumbled across. Bring it on. So there was a survey done. British holidaymakers have revealed their top 10 biggest cultural or historical disappointments across the continent. I don't think it's anything okay. to do with why they decided that Brexit was a good idea, but co- the comment is that this is related to European-based attractions. Okay. So things like the Eiffel Tower and the London Bridge or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. So I'm not going to go through all of them, but I thought it would be a quick... Well, I wanted to sh- quickly share with you... None of these have I actually experienced. Okay. So the ones that I wanted to share was number 10 on the list is the Leaning Tower of Pisa Mm. in Italy. Yep. The survey doesn't get into too much detail in terms of why it's not, why there was, they were disappointed. It was really, I think, just the the article is very quickly reporting of just what the top 10 were. They don't give any context behind it. But the Leaning Tower of Pisa was number 10. I've never been there. I can't really comment. No, I've never been either. Uh, I do think that at one point you used to be able to go in the tower. I don't think you can anymore. I think it's become unsafe. Uh, so maybe that has it might be a contributing factor to why it's a disappointment. But I don't know why. Other than that, I can't see why it would be to, like. Is Pisa a, a kind of a place where you would visit to see anything else? Like, do people go to Pisa and go, oh, let's go and see the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and then we'll do you know some other stuff? But I think maybe people get there and they're like, it's just the tower, and like uh, I don't know. Maybe Pisa is could be. Yeah. You know, and then Pisa's part of the it's the bell tower of Pisa's cathedral. So there is a cathedral in in Pisa that I think is is part of the, the attraction. And this the, the leaning tower of Pisa is what they refer to as the freestanding bell tower of Pisa's cathedral. Right, which is adjacent to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. You can see that picture. I do. I don't know if the picture is right, but that's it looks like it's right now. Well, you're also I've never you're been. leaning the picture too. So now the tower is, oh, is like so it double straight? it's double leaned. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Sorry. It's almost <laughs> over completely. Number nine was the Louvre. <clears throat> right. The Louvre is the world's largest art. I know people my pronunciation I'm sure is wrong more than not, but 
Uh, is it the Louvre or the Louvre or the? Well, I think the proper pronunciation. <laughs> I will drive so many people crazy with these yeah. that, are, that we may lose listeners for because of this. No, or maybe we'll gain them. <laughs> maybe. I think it's there. You saw you sort of pronounce the R, but it's very uh, faint at the end. So there's like a there's like a it's Louvre. <laughs> like there's like a. Ooh, I'm that's, serious. That's sexy. I couldn't do that. I that's very sexy. Yeah. Okay, so just to give you a quick background on that, uh, I've grown up with a lot of French, so uh, I can't speak French very well, but uh, that's how I know you the can pronunciation. Say it, you can that, well, you, I, I think people will like that. You do have the sexier of our two voices, so <laughs> we may get some requests for you to say, we should actually have an episode like that. <laughs> we'll just you know, keep the, tape this and then use it as a bite for later on. Louvre. That's right. We let you say. It's like when they used to do that on Letterman. They'd get James Earl Jones to to say the t- the top ten and yes, the top ten things you always wanted James Earl Jones James Earl Jones to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, quickly, kind of skipping through. So the Eiffel Tower does show up as number six on the list. It's one of the most iconic structures in the world, named after Gustave Eiffel, who company designed and built it in the 19th century so it's six i've never it's been kind of too bad i don't been to France. i've never, never been, been either not to paris but uh i don't understand why it's a disappointment it's too bad they don't list why like maybe the top two or three reasons i mean i know for me for tourist places one of the reasons why i might find something to be a disappointment could simply just be you know there was a three-hour lineup okay that would be a disappointment there were cheesy souvenir stands surrounding the place. Like, I think um, the Great Wall of China, there's one... So the Great Wall of China, there's different sections of the Great Wall of China. And so you can you know, you know, can go to multiple, multiple parts of it. I do believe at one of the bases of the wall is a Starbucks. Oh, wow. Okay. That yeah. would be a little yeah. disappointing. Yeah. yeah. So that I never saw that when I was there. One of the places I went to did have kind of a restauranty area, but it wasn't right next to the wall. It was sort of people got to like, eat where you buy the tickets. Yeah, there was a Burger King and a few, but then there was a ton of like Chinese vendors selling Chinese, not not Western Chinese food, but you know, right stuff you would buy in China to eat. Number five, one that I've heard of but never been to either, the Little Mermaid in Copenhagen. Oh, I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, yeah. So that one is a yeah, became a major tourist attraction since it was unveiled in Denmark in 1913. It was designed by Edvard Eriksson and is based on the fairy tale of the same name by Hans, Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, Hans. The Moulin Rouge in Paris. In, in Paris, uh, Moulin Rouge is a cabaret club that was founded in 1889. It is known as the birthplace of the modern form of the can-can dance. What's the modern form of the can-can? I'm sorry, what's, but the can-can the is not form? more. <laughs> man, what is the old form? The can I would not consider the can-can a modern dance. That's yeah. I mean, but we don't know what the we don't know enough about the original. So maybe the original is from like the 1400s or something, and then the 1889 version is the modern version. Maybe. <laughs> okay, go on. Number number three, mannequin piss or peace in brussels it's this little boy fountain peeing into uh yeah into a it says the mannequin piece and again pronunciation i'm sorry how's it spelled I'm, well m-a-n-n no not that the other one 
I don't want to spell mannequin. P I S. Okay. I, I, it's probably. Where's it? It's in Brussels. It's in Brussels. That's Belgium, right? So, correct. Yeah. So Belgium. It, it, they're they speak Flemish, I believe. Correct. Well, they speak French and French. Flemish. Flemish. I don't know. Okay, I, I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I want to say we are gonna learn we're so gonna much have to from learn. this podcast. I'm gonna okay. You keep going. I'm gonna Google this. Yeah, go ahead. So the the mannequin piece, I'll call it for now, depicts a naked boy urinating into the basin of a fountain. It is said to embody the people of Brussels' sense of humor. That was three on the list. And number two is Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin. It was the name given by Western allies to the best-known Berlin Wall crossing point between East Berlin and West Berlin. The building became a tourist attraction after the reunification of Germany. So that's number two. Sorry, just to go back, it's not Flemish. Uh, I will find out who speaks Flemish. Somebody does. Uh, They speak Dutch, French, and German. So that makes sense. I understand that. Okay. Number one. Any guesses? Most disappointing thing that tourists have gone to visit or whatever. Yeah, the worst attraction. Actually, they call it the yeah the worst attractions and yeah worst attractions slash biggest disappointments failed to meet their expectations, etc. I'm gonna go with um, Statue of Liberty. <clears throat> okay. Do I get a second? Do I get? Is that a second? Is there a second guess? Well, I'm buzzing you out on that because in the beginning I told you it was only the European continent. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Sorry, sorry. Okay, Europe, Europe. Uh, sorry, my ADHD didn't click in on that. Uh, okay, um, Europe, Venice. It's the Mona Lisa. Oh, the Mona Lisa. That makes sense to me. People think it's a giant painting. It's not very big. I think it's only yeah. it's only like two feet by two feet or something. I don't know if you can see the person in this or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. See the, per- the person that's looking at it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a small... I think that's another thing. A lot of people are underwhelmed by the size of a lot of different landmarks. But... Okay. So that was the that was the most disappointing... I highlighted the, the most disappointing landmarks or cultural things to see in Europe. So the Mona Lisa topped the list at number one. All right. Going back to Flemish... Fle- uh, Flemings would be uh, sort of a group of people. Uh, the Flemish or Flemings are people in modern Belgium who speak Flemish but use Dutch as the written language. So Flemish is a language. It is, I don't know if it's like a Dutch-German hybrid or if it's exclusively Dutch. Flemish is, I guess, not technically a language. It's just a group of people. The Hmm. Flemish. Well, you had the Belgium Belgium connection. At least you weren't totally off the mark. Flemings speak Dutch. Okay, I got one more here. Actually, two more. Um, This is uh, in the weird news category. There is a theater. There is a theater in Dixon, Tennessee. It found a creative way to protect the elementary school students across the street from seeing profanity on their roadside sign. Okay, so the the theater puts up uh, a list of its movies. 
as most theaters do yes. when you drive by. Yep. They really struggled with the w- one movie in particular. So if, if you look at it, you have Dumbo, you have Missing Link, Pet Cemetery. Did they remake Pet Cemetery? Oh, they're remaking everything. Well, they are. And this one in particular that was causing some distress was the um, Hellboy. Right. Yes. Hellboy. Yep. So they decided the way, best way to tackle this would be to change the name Hellboy to Heck Boy. <laughs> Where was it? What community was this? This is this is Dixon, Tennessee, hmm. and they the owner Belinda Daniel, I guess, owns the theater. She says she doesn't like to include movie titles with any sort of profanity on the sign because it's across the street from Oakmont Elementary School and Church. And she says, quote, To my knowledge, we have never put any words on our sign that may be seen as profanity. This is the way I believe. This is the way I believe. Thus, this is the way we conduct business. Hundreds of children pass by our sign daily, and we want to be respectful respectful to them and their and and our employees. Is hell really a swear word, or is it just one of those words that you don't want seven-year-old kids to say? That is a very good question. I was thinking the exact same thing. Is, is I mean, hell in our house, hell was a bad word. If we said hell, like what the hell, yeah. we got in trouble. That was a bad okay, word. Okay, but, but when did that stop? I mean, when you were 14, when you were 18... Right when I stopped wearing captain's hats. <laughs> That's right. When you took the captain's hat off and just went, what the hell am I wearing this for? <laughs> That's when everybody went, okay, no problem. You can say that now. I think hell, so I remember using it in uh, just thinking of where I was living. I, I, I remember things like this because my father's reaction was quite strong. I probably I would have been under the age of ten when I remember it being used, and the reaction from my father was not good. That it, you know he was, excuse me, what did you just? Yeah, say? but you were ten. Yeah, so I was under ten, and then I think hell hell was allowed in kind of in my teens. Okay, yeah. Point. Once you became a little bit older, and it wasn't as inappropriate. I mean, hell is to me hell is one of those words that yeah. If you were really upset, you can say, what the hell? Or, you know, something like that. Um, Because it gives you that little extra oomph, you know? I I don't know how you feel about swearing. Maybe this is something we can talk about later in, in, in another podcast about, you know, what's considered a swear word in your house for kids and at what point do you mind? Like I... Mm. So anyway, but let's go back to the hell thing. Um, I don't know if hell's a swear word, and especially in this particular thing. Uh, it's actually the title of a movie, and in this case, the movie is based on a guy that's from hell. And since churches believe in hell, um, yes. how is that a swear word? Does it mean that when you're in church, you can't talk about hell? Because it's, you know... There's heaven and hell, right? And in this movie, it's no, this no, no, guy no. from hell. Many, it's heaven and heck. Right, in, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Okay. You're going to heck. But I, I, you're making a good point. Nobody in church, if they were going to refer to heaven and hell, would ever say heck. They would not. It would say hell because I think it would. there would be this 
almost permission to say it sure. because you're in a Absolutely. environment. So I don't believe it's a swear word. Do I want my six-year-old saying hell? Probably not. But at the same time, why not? Like, why are we making that a swear word? <laughs> you ever heard people refer to, I have an aunt who would be this kind of a person, uh, and it's not a criticism against her. She's lovely, but she just has certain things that she won't say and would say, would refer to hell as H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Have you ever heard that? No. That's, that's the th- first time I've ever heard that. That's a very, uh, it's something H-E, I. That's cute, I guess. Yeah. H E double hockey. And she would say it like this. It'd be like, you know, um, she'd be talking about something sort of controversial and she'd kind of whisper the, you know, be, you know if you ask me, you know, it's kind of a bit of, you know, H-E double hockey sticks, you know, something like that. And you'd be like, what? You can say it. Like, no one here is going to criticize you. But right, anyway, right. it's just her thing, and it's fine. She is a lovely lady. And All right, we got time for one more weird news story? Yeah. Um, yeah, fire away. All right, last one. So there's a firm, a comp- so the, the headline is, Company offers to fake a vacation with doctored photos. What? Okay, so the idea is uh, you don't have time for a vacation or you can't afford a vacation, so you go to this company and they superimpose you like on vacation. So they're like, oh, that's look right. at my trip to Mexico. It's like completely that's right. falsified. Like that's, you're basically backing someone's lie. That's, that's right. Yeah. So uh, a Nebraska-based business is offering to bolster social media pages with expertly faked photos of the user on vacations they never took. <laughs> when did you go to Mexico? Oh, last week. Yeah, I guess you could use this as an excuse. No, how could you use that? I was thinking it as a work excuse. But, yeah. Why weren't you at work last week? Well, because I was in Mexico. <laughs> oh, pardon? <laughs> Here's the photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, they saw so, you at the supermarket. The company, it's called Fake a Vacation, Offers packages starting at nineteen ninety nine for a service to superimpose the photos of a social media user in front of famous landmarks at popular vacation spots, including Las Vegas, the Grand Canyon, Hawaii, and Walt Disney World. The package also includes some facts about each destination to help the customer concoct the story of their fake vacation. Unbelievable. The company cited a study that suggests more than a half of millennials, there we go, we always have to knock the millennials, that more than half of millennials have lied about taking vacations for reasons ranging from last-minute cancellations, the high price of travel, and the desire, and this is the disturbing part, for social media recognition. Unbelievable. Fake a vacation, folks. There you go. There's a service for everything these days. I, okay, so no, look, we got to dig into this a little bit. We can't just let it go on that. Like that's okay. So, uh, the the idea is, you can't afford a vacation. You have this insatiable need to post photographs so that people will like them. Um, I mean, this sounds like something off an, the uh, the Onion. Like the Onion would create something like this, but fakeavacation.com says here. Can't make a vacation or vacations are expensive? How about fake vacation? Now you can fake a vacation and don't have to be an expert. No messing around with pictures, 
photo editing, learning or worrying about perfection, leave that on us, the professionals in the industry for it. Get your vacation pictures delivered in your inbox and get ready to brag to your friends on where you went. We take care of everything from providing pictures to educating you about the destination. Do you remember the movie Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. And then there was a remake done recently within the last five years, I want to say, with, um, oh, who's that Irish actor? I forget his name. There's uh, some examples, by the way. So the, there's a sale right now on Vegas fake of vacations. They, they're, uh, they'll put <laughs> your face in the casino by the, the little tower uh, in front of the um, all the different sites. Do they have examples? And, and Do they show photos? Yeah, of they are right now. Do, does it look good? Like, Or does it look like the person's oh. been superimposed? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't get into it that much. But there's somebody in front of the Grand Canyon. It's... Um, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so you were saying about Total Recall? Well, Total Recall, the basic uh, premise of the movie was that it was, uh, you know, this this guy that was too busy to, um, and then probably too poor. Okay, I'm just going by memory here because I can't remember everything. I remember Sharon Stone was in it, but he had memories implanted in his brain that weren't actually real. So right. um, uh, a, a whole other life that wasn't real. Um a vacation to Mars or something like that, or uh, something along those lines. And, you know, he had in his implanted memory a, a wife, a family, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I guess the whole idea is to show, I mean, the movie probably has a, an undertone of like showing like if you're going to go down this road, there are an awful lot of consequences, Be, yeah. mainly not being able to tell what's real and what's not and right. and who to trust. So right. it's just a very interesting premise. And uh, I wonder, maybe this is just the tip of the iceberg here, fake your vacation. Oh, and then, you know, fast forward uh, 25 years from now or 50 years from now when they've got the ability to implant memories in your brain. Yeah. You know, so maybe we're yeah, not all that's... that far off from that. All right. I think we should move into listener mail. Okay. So this this listener is reacting to um, episode one, our very first episode, where we talked about people that follow various sports teams and that I had difficulty understanding how one could follow, you know, more than one, say, NHL team. Mm -hmm. and, and this individual, who's actually a friend of ours, yeah the reason we thought about him was that he seems to he seemed as to follow many teams and i sure. mentioned i think washington capitals calgary flames so he he heard our episode and decided to write in to us and uh, so i wanted to read his, his okay before you do that i would like to say that i believe i also said that i followed uh, teams and and this is like I follow more than one team for sure and this is somebody that we both mutually like and care about like he's he's Correct. a good dude so it, it was more of done in jest and and you know it was yes and he he did not react um, yeah that's right he, <laughs> he wasn't like hey you guys suck man don't ever bring that up again <laughs> well he, he in fact said he was quite flattered so let me read the the note dear Simon and Clark. I'm only a diehard fan of the Caps and the Oilers. To be honest, more so the Caps. I enjoy watching hockey like Simon says. I appreciate the sport. And I appreciate watching teams that do well and win. Since I love the sport, I got a Chicago jersey. After all, they won three cups. Fair. 
St. Louis, because let's be honest, that's one sexy jersey. <laughs> no, it's not. Wrong. I don't. I'm get buzzing that Anthony one. on that. The, what, the musical note on the front of the jersey is sexy. I don't. And Calgary, Calgary, because I liked. I used to like Kippy the goalie. I don't know who that is. Kippersoff. Kip- Mika Mika Kippersoff. Isn't he on? He used to be with the Flames. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Kiprios. Nick Kiprios. Yeah, no, okay. that's a different, that's a, that guy's Kipper. Right, okay. Not Kippy. So then, so he says, then I have the Caps and the Oilers, what else? Hum, I think that's all of them. I honestly enjoy collecting them. So I think, so he says, I'd like a few more, by the way. He would like a few more jerseys. Uh, he needs some retro jerseys. And I do want to say that I think maybe there's a little bit of, we do need to make a delineation here between jersey collectors and team followers i think that is what he is trying to say that he's really caps washington capitals and edmonton oilers and that he happens to also collect jerseys on top of it if, not because he is big big fan a big big fan of the team but more because he just likes the jersey yeah if i recall you and i were a little bit split when it came to this because you didn't understand the idea of following several teams whereas i did and um, I think where we both agreed was when I think we said something to the effect of when an adult male, anyone over the age of whatever age we chose, 40, let's say, or I think 30, we said 50. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think 50 is too old. I think when you're an adult male and you're wearing hockey jerseys as a, <laughs> as like a, a thing to wear, you know? Um, but what is a thing to wear? Where you wear it as clothing out, or where where you're heading down to a bar to watch the Capitals play the Oilers, and that's the day you struggle to decide whether to put your Caps or Oilers jersey on. <laughs> okay, I I think if you're having a party at someone's house, let's say it's the playoffs, and uh, you know you're you're having fifteen people over, you know buddies and their spouses and you say ah let's all wear our jerseys well that's fun okay that's that's okay uh, if you've got one put it on great if you're going to a bar and you're doing the same thing uh, i could get over it but you know i i think where where it stops for me is if you're going to the leaf game or the capitals game or the oilers game and you know, you're 35 years old or 40 years old and you're wearing the jersey. Now, I think an argument could be made if you have your eight-year-old son in tow and, you know, he's going to a game and he's like, Dad, let's wear a jersey. Okay, fine. You can embarrass mm. yourself a little bit and, and do that. But, you know. Embarrass yourself. <laughs> yeah. You see, I, I've always been a non, non-hockey jersey guy. I just, I don't like I don't like the idea of wearing wearing it to the game. I don't like the idea of wearing it to a party. Right. Um, I'm just not a jersey guy. Like I feel, I, I do feel quite strongly that after the age of 35, even maybe 30, jerseys really maybe never should ever be something. Certainly not something you would wear to like school unless it was Jersey Day. But um, he he's really quite quite passionate. I mean, uh, the, the, this this letter is actually quite extensive. It's at least seven or eight paragraphs. <laughs> So we're, I mean, we're learning a lot about. I love it. That's great, Anthony. I mean, I'll just share a couple more things that that he says here. That um, Calgary, uh, he he got the Calgary and what his his decision to follow Calgary got going in two in two thousand. Oh, he said it got him through a troubled time. Okay. 
But he says that um, he st- it's because he stopped liking the Leafs after Gilmore and Clark, Wendell Clark, retired. So um, okay. that's kind of what So that's his troubled him. time. That's He's in the corner time. drinking a bottle of tequila, drowning his sorrows and wearing his old Gilmore jersey. <laughs> Gilmore had a restaurant outside Maple Leaf Gardens at one more time. Did he? One time. Yeah. Outside mm-hmm. Maple Leaf Gardens? I know Gretzky's got one down close to the Sky Dome. But Gilmore had his own down outside of outside of Maple Leaf Gardens. So um, I'll finish up, you know, Predators. So he's, uh, I, I should have asked you to keep track of the numbers here because, so the Predators he bought because he like he likes good players. And I think you said that in episode one that, you know, maybe there's a player that you're following. Yep. So that dry, dry, uh, draws you in. So he said there was a player like Radulov, um, R-A-D-U-L-O-V, yep. mm-hmm. was a hidden gem. So he bought Definitely. this jersey. But after his first year, he went back to Russia. (laughs) (laughs) So after he spent, he says, after I spent $200 on that jersey, he played for eight years uh, away and then came back a few years ago to Montreal. And now he's he's with Dallas. Yeah, that's right. Correct. So this really goes on. I mean, he says in New York City a few years ago, they had a sale on jerseys because Adidas was losing sponsorship and... New jerseys were from Reebok, so I picked up a Chicago and St. Louis jersey. Chicago, because I appreciate the fact they won three cups. I think we're at eight now. Yeah, St. Louis, well, only because that's the sexiest jersey in hockey. He chooses to say that again, but he does give a little, literally, color around it. He says, I love the blue, vibrant color. That's his draw to the um, to the St. Louis jersey and why it's sexy. And then I got my Caps jersey in Washington when I went down the year before they won the Cup. Mm. Um, oh, and lastly, his wife got him the Oilers retro Gretzky CCM jersey for his birthday last year. Still got a few more on my list to collect. I, I mean, so he's, he okay. wants a retro. Collecting I can get behind, though. But, I mean... Does he wear them all the time? Like, is he wearing them to, like, because you and I probably have both met that guy who will wear one to a, a child baptism we're, or something. We're going to need to bring him on the show. Yeah. Child <laughs> baptism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone's dressed in a suit, and then there's that guy with the hockey jersey or in the back with the hoodie. Yeah. Or the t-shirt tuxedo oh, or whatever. God. I, I will add one more thing, yeah. and that is that that Anthony is willing to come on the show to explain himself. Awesome. So he, he's willing to do that in a future We episode. We got to do it. We got to do it. 